0: Servicio, it is so great to have you on. That she's the boss, Chats, and we're doing it live, which I know, is so, I'm so excited like, I know.
1: <laughs> Finally, the
0: post-COVID thing. Yes. So for anyone who's listening, we did try, didn't we, in the lockdown, we did. and we had just technical disaster after technical disaster. Yeah, it wasn't
1: meant to be. No,
0: nah. and I said, let's just do it in real life. And, and oh my goodness, you're my first one. So great it's idea. Very exciting. Okay. Okay. So you are so amazing, and I have known of you for over twenty years now. So tell everyone what you do.
1: Okay, so I basically, I don't know what happened to me. I thought I was just a, <laughs> a, a mum and then I what? just, I don't know. I, no, I, tell
0: me about your brand.
1: Yeah, so I started a brand 26 years ago, kind of by accident, um, which went on to take over my whole life. Yes. And um, that brand, Aroma Baby, was the first natural baby care um, as we could find out in the world.
0: I would have said it probably was because yes. it was way before organic and natural absolutely and became trendy.
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, I was sort of working in fashion and beauty before that and doing some freelance writing and all the things that a 20-something year old girl does travelling the world and then, I got the surprise news that we were expecting our first baby, and retrenched around the same time. Right. And little by little, I sort of started developing the baby brand. But then, had you had, you had a background though? Had you had
0: a background in in
1: in the product development role that I had? Yeah. So I was working for an accessory company just okay. prior to launching a baby, but not baby. makeup.
0: I mean, not not skincare. It was. It was
1: skincare. Okay. So I actually did the first body care range for Sports Girl. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, and that was my favorite favorite job in the world, and. Yeah. As part of that role, I worked on accounts like my Miss Shop, um, Fiorucci, if anybody remembers oh, the brand, um, Portman's, Witchery, mm. um, All the big es- names. Esprit, so doing their accessories and product development. Um, and then I sort of had the idea about body care and bringing body care into fashion retail. Right. So even that was very innovative at the time and and it was just wonderful. So um, I wasn't very happy to get retrenched from that job, but then, you know, my whole life changed anyway.
0: Well, one of the questions I normally ask is did something happen that sent you in a different direction and that's the something for you? Absolutely. And and it's funny, isn't it, because back in those days it was just the beginning of all the women who would have children going, I'm not going back to work, I've come up with an idea. Yes. Do you remember? Like there was that whole mumpreneur movement. Absolutely, you were right at the very, very tippy tippy point of that. I think.
1: Yes, I think it was still quite unusual for a woman to have Absolutely. a baby, stay home, and then build a business. Yes, and certainly that was the case in our family, or European background on both sides. Uh, I remember the business slowly taking over the home. Yes, and then and then we moved into <laughs> Hello, my, we're at
0: my house. Look around. Well, I, I think
1: you know it's much more acceptable these days. I must <laughs> yeah, that's say, true. Um, we we slowly took over my my ex husband's. Um, Business premises. His family had a okay. had a, a warehouse, and um, and then we sort of outgrew it. And I thought, you know what, I've I've got to get out of everybody's hair. And I rented my own warehouse, which was around the corner from from, from theirs. Yeah,
0: um,
1: and never looked back. Employed my first staff, who stayed with me until she had her babies.
0: Oh,
1: amazing! And um, and now and your we Twenty
0: six.
1: My my baby, who I started the business because of, is twenty six. Wow! And my little bubba is twenty. They'll hate me saying that, but (laughs) they
0: won't listen. They are still my. I'm sure you're right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so. the next big question, I guess, and the thing that I really love is to go right back to when Catherine was a little girl mm-hmm. and talk to me about what kind of a family you grew up with, what your parents did, you know, in terms of whether they were role models for setting up your own business, and then pretty much how your career has evolved since then. And with a 26-year business, I'm sure there's lots to talk about. Sure, but I can start up remember. I mean, where did you
1: grow up? <laughs> so, I grew up in, in Melbourne, yeah. in uh, southeastern suburbs, and in the pocket that was very heavily um, Italian. Okay. Uh, Inclusion. Oh, yeah. I
0: didn't think your surname, of course.
1: <laughs> yes. And uh, my, my father was nine years my mother's senior. Right. So he married an Australian girl. Yeah. Um, they met through the neighbours. And so I think we had a very, very strong Italian cultural upbringing yeah. because the whole family was Italian. My mother was an right. only child, he was a fa- family of six.
0: Yeah. Okay. So being- and, and big family. I mean, do you have lots of brothers and sisters?
1: Um, there was four of us. Oh, yeah,
0: okay. Yeah. I was one of four as well. Yes. That is a big family.
1: Yeah. Um, my sister went on to have five, but another sister who had none, and then I had two. I was right. Like, yeah. I was Balanced like, it all out. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> Myself and my three brothers, we've all had three.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, definitely the upbringing, in hindsight, you look back and nor... Mum or dad were entrepreneurial as such, right. although my father. What did father, your dad do? Um, he worked for a concreting company. Oh, okay. So he was like more of a labourer
0: Yeah.
1: in a, a foreman sort of position, yeah, yeah. but just a hard worker who worked seven days a week. It's a typical, was gone in the morning, came home at night, expected Exhausted. dinner on the table, etc. But what he did do, and, yeah. and mum did as well, they grew their own vegetables and herbs Ah, of
0: course, very attached. We had grape
1: vines and so we're very typical. Absolutely. So, so we made sauce and and wine every year. But growing up in, I guess, in a, in a household where food was the central point of the family, that's where we gathered. That's how mum nurtured. Yeah. She didn't really work much. She she was basically a full-time mum, you know, um, and that was what was expected as well. Exactly. Um, she had three, I think three children in three years. The first three, so. And we now uh, know
0: that that means that, you know.
1: You can't do anything. Nah, not yeah. for five years or so. And in those days she wasn't driving, so everything was, you know, walking to the shops with yeah. the children in tow, one in the pram, one behind the other, you know, sort <laughs> of. Holding hands. Hold, yeah, holding hands. Yeah. Um, and and even I remember going to church on Sundays, walking to church sort of hand in hand yes. with, with mum. And often dad was working on the weekend too, so it was right. just mum and the children.
0: Right. And mm. so did did you love school? Were you into school at um, all?
1: <laughs> that's so funny. I kind of I, I look back and I can see that I was already ambitious and entrepreneurial at school. Right. Um uh, with some. Yeah, co- well that's
0: the thing, isn't yes. it? That's why I like looking back. So quite quite in funny. What way?
1: Um well I can remember like little little things like um I I love singing. Yeah, and I'm um, not very good at it but I do love it and I'll give it a go um, and at school I remember with a friend actually organising a little concert in the shed at lunchtime oh, right. and charging people five cents to come in or yes. something.
0: Yes, did you draw up little tickets? I always used yes, to love the tickets yes. in the program. And we had much more exciting lights with coloured
1: cellophane <laughs> so we, we had all the creatives. Oh, really posh. Yes, <laughs> um, and then we donated the money to the school to a charity or something like yeah. that yeah. Um, and um, so that was quite funny and I remember making toy clowns and toy, they almost resembled people out of Calico. Oh, right. Um, again, oh, as, creative, as in primary school. And I remember making one and uh, giving it to a neighbour and then somebody ordered one and then I went on to make quite a few of them. Oh, my goodness. So I remember even making one. There was a boy I had a crush on. Yeah, and I made one that looked like him. He had quite, quite sort of Italian afro-y hair. He was in a band. Yeah, I had a bit of a crush on him, so I remember making one uh, that that looked like him, very distinctive with the hair and the suit that he wore in the band. Right. So that was that was quite fun. Um, I was making my own dresses at ten years old. I remember Mum put put the zip at in. At ten, yes, I had wow. a sewing machine, an old singer. And you still
0: make your own clothes?
1: I don't, unfortunately. But I think you know, with you know, you buy some good timeless yeah. pieces, and then you have there's fast fashion. But I but I'm more like a timeless. Peace person. Yes. Um, which
0: a, Sorry, and we talked about this before, but we, we should now address what you're wearing because this is the first time I'm videoing a podcast. Okay. And you're looking incredibly glamorous. Thank you. Um, but you were talking to me. It was it was a tribute to Carla Zampatti. So just tell me a little bit about
1: Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So um, some friends of mine in the events industry just forwarded me some information about wearing a Carla Zampati piece on the day of her day. state funeral. Right. Yes. So um, in her honour, I have this beautiful um, it is Carla Zampatti skirt, which is a little bit glitzy for work, but as I said, I always like very to dress glitzy up.
0: for my laundry. Yeah, <laughs> but I
1: love it. No, it's it's um it's got some a story behind it, which I really really love. And she was like, I guess, uh, an Italian immigrant who was a groundbreaking, trailblazing woman, female entrepreneur, and and you know, yeah, absolutely business role and, model. And tragically,
0: has gone way too far, and,
1: and just it such a an such a sad to. sad thing to happen. Mm. So. Um, yes, um, she was yeah, certainly. Okay, a, so anyway, yeah. yes.
0: to, so you were talking about making your own clothes yes. at 10. Yes. Um, and then and then growing up, what about high school? What was that like for you? High
1: school wasn't great. I think um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember originally going to uh, more of an informal school yeah. where you were able to choose your own subjects right. and I was allowed to go there. Was it to...
0: like a Montessori or um, progressive it, school it, or something? There. It
1: wasn't Montessori but it was an independent something or other and I, I'm not sure why my parents allowed me to go there <laughs> but uh, my say my brother was already there so that possibly was the reason he could keep an eye on me which is what um a good Good
0: Italian brother that's that's exactly what I was going to say that's right
1: Yeah. so um from that school I didn't last that long they didn't like the way I was behaving I think it was just being a teenager (laughs) yeah right (laughs) um very independent and very strong-headed and um I used to sit in the back of the the business class, if you like, and we had typing lessons and shorthand lessons all and all those stuff sorts of girls things. in
0: those days. Cooking lessons,
1: yes, <laughs> cooking. I was great. I loved cooking. Yes, um,
0: I. but it was wasn't it called domestic technology or it thing? was? I can't remember what it was, yes. but it was something that was clearly aimed at women. Yeah,
1: definitely home economics. My boys love doing their that. Yeah, my mine so. did too. Yeah. Um, so I think sitting at the back of the class, working at my own pace, I ended up working at eighty words per minute with you know, 98% accuracy in my wow. – yeah. So I was really driven, really focused, loved goal setting um, and just wanted to get out of school. I thought, like, <laughs> all I wanted to do was be a really good secretary. Right. So I left school uh, far too young. At Actually, before I left school I was transferred to a proper
0: oh, high another school. Another incentive to get out of school.
1: And uh, I lasted there yeah. a couple of years and then I convinced my parents so that I –
0: So what did, year did you complete? Ten. Right.
1: So I left school at 15. R- just wow. before my sixteenth birthday, it's just
0: amazing yeah. it, to think that now, when you just look at the, the kids of fifteen, and you kind of think, I don't know, I, I just imagine that they they would be too young to go absolutely out and work. Yeah. So, what was the first job?
1: Um, so, I was already working when I was at school. So, I worked started working part time at twelve. Right. <laughs> I was working in a food in a food business, right? Um, which family I family related, was not at all. How did you get a no, job at 12? I. I think I said that I was fourteen and three quarters, which were yeah. about. I don't know how I
0: convinced them. Right um but, but were you waitressing?
1: No, I was it was actually fresh food. Right. So so they were cooking food and they had fresh fresh things on Saturday morning where all the Italian women would come in and get their fresh chickens and oh, that sort right. of thing. Okay. So it was more like fresh produce. Yep. Um, but I really, really loved that, and I was there until I started my full time job. So I actually had two jobs when I began working. Right. And I remember catching public transport for an hour and a half and walking a kilometre to get to my first job. <laughs> Not even
0: thinking anything. Off.
1: Not at all in my heels and my lovely yeah. pencil skirt. At all of fifteen or whatever I was. <laughs> um, and I remember my my boss actually allowed me to get involved with the accounts and work with the accountant at the business. Right. And I, I really did progress quite quickly, but. Back in the days before inappropriate behavior was um before me called out yeah. yes, um there really was some inappropriate behavior there, and there was in quite a few of the roles that I had through the years, which is you know I look back and i and I feel. You know, there were so many things that happened that were, were not okay.
0: Yeah. and Anything that really kind of traumatised you or that made you leave jobs, did you have?
1: Definitely. In right. fact, I left that one because I got engaged and and it just wasn't appropriate to be around a man like that. Right. Um, I had another one a little bit later on, similar sort of thing. I went on to marry Like right, patting him on husband. the bum
0: and being yeah, that look, kind of thing or taking it much further?
1: It was that kind of thing, but there was one incident where I think he, he – Punched me or not punched me? He sort of knocked me on the boob or something like that, and my immediate response was to punch him. So I I punched my boss. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So uh,
0: right. So you did those jobs for a while. What was the first full time job then? Secretarial. Okay. Yeah. And and you were working for different kinds of organisations. All different kinds of organisations. Um, you know, that one was in sort of
1: manufacturing. And then I went on to another manufacturing one. Um, I was in with the lawyer's office for a little while. Then I worked for a refrigeration company. Um had a wonderful manager there who was a single okay. dad, amazing. But when the big boss came down from Sydney, again, there was something inappropriate that was suggested. And
0: I just its not going to put up with and it.
1: And I was so immature and so naive and just I knew it was wrong, but I just didn't know how to manage that in the workplace. Yeah. And so I left again.
0: Right. Mm. So um, what happened next?
1: I ended up at um, an amazing role with a fashion retailer called Coogee.
0: I remember Coochie,
1: and they were in Chapel Street, South Yarra. Yes, so I moved to live in Cha- in uh, Turak Road, South Yarra, and walked to work. And it was in the Cafe Society. It was in yep. the- it was in Chapel Street's heyday. So that was really beautiful. I was allowed to work in head office upstairs and do all the admin and reception, and then I was able to work in the store if I wanted. So I had customer facing oh, experience. Nice. Um, you know, I was able to work with the art director a little bit, and and the designer became a good friend. So, so it was so really was lovely.
0: The, but what was the role that you took on? Because it sounds I mean, like, I was right. in, re- in just- reception. Right and then just took on more and more and more.
1: Yes, I think in a lot of those businesses I talked myself into being able to do more uh, more roles within the company. Right. And you got a really a, a wide range of experience working in a small business.
0: Yeah, um, which even today you would say for anyone, you know, I mean we all know running our own business that you end up having to do a yes. lot of have put a lot of hats on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> in order especially in the early days. Mm. Okay, so um so you got that role in admin you were at Kuji, what happened next?
1: Uh then I went on to a magazine Oh. And the magazine was a sort of luxury lifestyle magazine based in Carlton. So, again, okay. I was in a beautiful area. Um, and what
0: was your role there, admin still it, or did you do sales or
1: something? No, it was admin, but then I ended up doing um, proofreading for them. I'm quite good with my my language and, yeah. and my, my writing skills. I was able to write the beauty pages. That so was my first official writing gig, if you like. Yeah. So, I was the beauty writer. I did some proofreading. Um, I organized events. I even did some modeling for them. Right. So I had a really mm. big range of, of roles there. And also with a boutique publishing house, I was able to work with an art director there mm-hmm. who also did it in the old-fashioned way cut and paste and yep. uh, so colors and things like that were, were discussed in the office. That was wonderful. That was, you know, we had some beautiful clients. We covered caviar and pearls and, you know, paspelli, Yeah. Sheraton oh, right. Mirage um yeah, Pirelli gorgeous. tire calendar and so really very high end brands a lot of european brands and italian brands yeah. and um yeah that was that was a really lovely experience as well
0: right and how long did you last there i think
1: they were all like 2 or 3 years cuz they're all
0: kind of starting yeah. to each one is creeping you bit, up so yes. next one after that and
1: the next one i ended up working at the accessory company which is right. where i was retrenched going to go into my own business right and there i was also on reception yeah, And I remember the founder of the company, who was a wonderful man, wonderful mentor to me, um, he suggested to me after 12 months or something, look, why don't you take on this sort of salesy role and um, I'll give you your own office. And I said, no, 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 I don't want anything to do with sales. I'm, okay. I'm not interested. <laughs> he said, it's not really sales, it's product development. So, you go and design, you've got a good eye for things, you go and design oh, okay. some, some product and um, accessories and things, I'll send you overseas I'll give you a car, I'll give you a pay rise, I'll give you an office.
0: You did not say no to that. Please don't tell well, me. Well, I almost no. did,
1: but he said to me, if you don't like the job, then you can have your old job back. And uh, I okay. said that was a deal. Yeah,
0: okay. And, of
1: course, I never looked back. No. So he saw some creative flair um and encouraged me to come outside my, my comfort zone and – so,
0: so when you were made redundant, was there a bit of a light bulb moment with your child? Did did they have a particularly bad nappy rash? Was there something that made you think I'm going to go into skincare? Because Aroma Baby was specifically for babies. In That's right, days, wasn't it? And there was never skincare really for babies outside of Johnson and Johnson. That's
1: right. Well, I think with that role, because I was able to have that creative license, and mm-hmm. I ended up doing body care for Sports Girl and some other brands. I became very fascinated. I was always passionate about health and nutrition. I used to read the Blackmore's catalogue cover to cover Um, one of my first books was Earl Mindell's vitamin bible right so there's there's just yeah you'd always you you look back and you think I was always cooking with herbs I was always reading about nutrition and vitamins and well-being and using natural ingredients I was making face masks as a teenager using mashed avocado so it was always there yeah Um, but during the role of developing these products, when I became pregnant, I, I didn't even think of product and and baby care. Yeah. I really just thought, gosh, you know, that's that's an interesting thing. I wonder how I'm going to manage work with that. That's really yeah, what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So when I got retrenched just a few weeks
0: later. Oh, so you were quite early in the pregnancy yes, when you got retrenched? Yes, yes. And, and was, don't tell me it wasn't anything about the
1: pregnancy. No, not at, at all. They man. were closing that section of the business. Right, right, Um, I remember thinking like I was, you know, producing several million dollars worth of turnover from, mm. from my accounts and not understanding the Why profit was the profit was only so small
0: yes. very low margin yeah, which is something that no I don't realize about retail anyway, Yes, and,
1: and when you don't have your own business and you're in your 20s you don't you understand that wow, about-
0: that's $36 wow you know yeah. they probably paid $3 for it look how much money they're making
1: but but in terms of us you know Buying this item for five dollars and selling it for five fifty, and then maybe Sports Girl or whoever it was selling it for twenty. Yeah. The company I worked for only had a very small margin and the overheads to go with it. Yeah. It's only when you have your own business that you understand. So I remember thinking, why isn't this category working? Yeah. Because there's so much turnover. That
0: probably also fueled the idea of you doing it yourself, because you would have said there's so much money there to be made, and I've been making millions for this other brand. Yes. Why can't I do it? Was so a quick. Lesson. But, but so, but there wasn't sort of a moment where you just went, okay, I'm going to start my own brand. It, it had sort of been there in the back of your mind. Not
1: at all. I, oh, I right. was very happy working for somebody else and loved my jobs. Um, so why
0: didn't you just go for another job?
1: Well, I was pregnant. I actually went yeah. for a job at Country Road.
0: Oh, um, I see. And then I
1: thought, oh, what am I what going am to I do? To to <laughs> what am I going to say to them? Uh, so, look, I thought, well, I could continue doing some level of product development. I had some new clients, yeah. clients that I hadn't dealt with um, at that company. So, and, and a lot of what I did was my own creativity. So mm-hmm. it's developing, you know, for them, with them, these products and um, body care. And then as I got into the pregnancy, a few months went by, I thought, What about baby care? And I started looking at research. So all the research that I read was linking commercial products and skincare ingredients to irritation and eczema. Right. Then I started studying the eczema factor and there was one in three babies at that time under six months old that experienced eczema in their life at some point.
0: (laughs) Wow. I didn't realise it was so high. It
1: is so high. It is crazy. So I think I became – I'm a very um, passionate sort of heart – Centered, driven oh, person. No, no. Yes, and I thought this is just not okay. Who who could do something that the can help these baby. that that could help oh, these yes. parents? Yep, yep. So I I need to do something. Right. I was I already knew working. Be a something. Yes. Yes. There's always a little. So I was working with laboratories at the time already in my other role. Right. So I tried to formulate and I got a little bit of input from a couple of chemists and they just weren't on the same page because it was far too innovative. Nobody knew the difference between natural vitamin E and synthetic and they were always trying to steer me towards the synthetic commercial it was cheaper. and the things they're used to developing yeah, okay. with. So unless you get an innovative chemist who's uh, looking at unique formulations and cutting-edge um, technology, they're not going to want to really go down the path of using novel ingredients because yeah. there's not enough demand for it. Right. And, again, as a commercial business now, I can totally understand that. So I really did push a few people outside their comfort zones and I ended up finding somebody who worked on it with me. Right. Um, that person had been involved in the early days of Jalik's products, so that was as near yes, as, yes, as natural is. as you could get at yeah. the time. Um, but they didn't have any baby care. And over the, over the next couple of years, it was refined to, um, to basically, you know, we did powder using cornstarch, which was a food grade product instead of using talc. Right. Um, we used the natural vitamin E. As I said, we would use, um, evening primrose was a very early one for me and calendula at the time. We couldn't get organic at the time, but replacing, you know, some of the synthetic oils with the, the benzo, botanicals diazo,
0: blah 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 had dash three with yes this plant instead. yes
1: and even preservative systems they weren't great at the time right. and i remember investigating things like colloidal silver which were all the rage you know 20 years ago but they weren't approved for baby care so it wasn't as simple as just looking at what's out there no. it was about looking at the safety in terms of um, its relativity in uh, baby skincare products and then
0: what was it like pushing out something? I mean, you had to educate the market pretty much. Definitely. At, at that stage, there was just nothing, mm. and yours would have been more expensive, I would have imagined. It was. So, how was that for you? I mean, how hard is it to try and build a new sector? Basically.
1: Uh, look, I think it wasn't that difficult to build a new sector for, okay. for me because at the time it was the first
0: market. Yeah. I was... Um, and the beginning of the baby boom, I guess, as well. Yes. Because there was a huge spike, wasn't That's there? That's right. The beginning of the 2000s. And I
1: really had a, a lot of information and research uh, documentation so I went there armed yeah. with with all this information and I went first to my local pharmacy mm-hmm. and also to uh, my local private hospital. And they snapped
0: it up, I'm sure. They
1: did. Um, and that sort of, it grew from there. So one maternity hospital, midwives often worked at one or two. Yeah. So then they would work at another hospital and they introduced it to another hospital and we ended up working with, you know, Maybe fifty hospitals at the time yeah, wow. around Australia.
0: Yeah. And when you say we, how many of you were there? Oh, there was in just me. Days? I just think. In, yeah. And what? What about your hubby partner? Was he really supportive of what you were doing? Or? Um,
1: at the time, I, I, my cool. husband had his own thing. Doing, right. He was doing his own thing. Um, so
0: did he think it was just a little hobby on the kind side? Kind
1: of. Yeah. yeah. And although the family was very supportive in terms of helping with the children or well, the, the baby that I had at the time, yeah. and And. Eventually, the the two boys, um, and providing the warehouse space where I could work, which was just amazing. Um, I think in in the way that we know today is the type of support that you need to give each other. Yeah, it, it wasn't really there, and in fact, the the business became um, an issue for our relationship. Right. unfortunately. So right, it, as
0: as in it ended, and then you moved on to a different relationship, or or it just became fraught.
1: Um, it became. Difficult because I needed to travel for work and.
0: Right. And, and, and I, uh, were you married to a very traditional man who was going, hang on a minute, you're supposed to be looking after the baby. Yes, That's yes. my job to yes. go and do the travel and stuff. Yes, yes.
1: Right. Um, also, I was making enough money that I could take my baby with me. And I remember taking a baby and an a babysitter. <laughs> so, uh, I just wanted my babies with me. Yes,
0: which is totally understandable.
1: Um, so that was wonderful. We did a few family holidays and, and business trips combined the, with the three of us and then the four of us. Yeah. But just over time, there was just, it just wasn't, yeah. wasn't healthy. Um, all
0: right. Yeah. So, um, sorry, I just wanted to ask that because the, you know, the, the, it's just interesting to know whether you've got somebody who's kind of doing the journey and pushing you along, yes, or kind of which which happened with me as well, where it just created a disconnect. Really, mm.
1: look, um, I've re- I've read reports of some very you know well known female entrepreneurs talking about. The role of their partners and significant others yeah. in, in the role that they played in the success of their own um, careers. Yeah, yeah. And look, it is a thing. I think whether it's a, a woman or a man, if you are not with a supportive partner, it can really dramatically, negatively impact. Absolutely. You know what you're doing and, and the success.
0: Um, opportunities. Yeah. Or you just kind of go, okay, well, this isn't the relationship for me, which is mm. you know, sad in itself. So, um, okay. So you started growing the business. How did, and, and talk to me about 26 years of running a business. I mean, I, I can't even begin to imagine. I can only guess that there were pivotal times where things happened and you just went What am I going to do now? Like, Mm. you know, someone can't supply it or yes, I I don't know, retailers. So can you talk to me about some of those and what you've learned from it? Because I do think for the women listening that it's – interesting for everyone to know that things don't always go perfectly
1: no they and don't
0: sometimes a catastrophe can turn into a gift yes but it doesn't seem it at the time so
1: yes oh look there are so many um can you, you think know,
0: of a couple of juicy ones
1: definitely but but i'll just say that in the early days so within the first few years we were approached by somebody to export so i remember i had okay. one staff member at that time yeah and signing an agreement with these
0: what these, country were you it was Korea. okay so big big
1: yes so it was a, a sizable
0: contract um, and actually, sorry, I'm just going to say really interesting is because Korea is a bit of a leader in skincare these days. They are,
1: it? definitely. And yet
0: in those days we never heard about anything in no. Korea. So they so had that they heard of you.
1: I think one of the good things was I I got the product into Maya mm-hmm. and I was in Maya for a long, long time. Right. And these visitors to Australia went to Maya to look what, what to product look was the on products. the shelf. Yeah, okay. And there was only our product in, yeah. in the baby category. In fact, there was only ours in, in cosmetics and baby. Um, and, and then they approached. Us. So, yeah. that was great and it was able to propel the business to employ a couple of staff. So, we grew substantially yeah. then. Um
0: you never went into retail, did you, as in opening Our retail, own, Aroma Baby Shops?
1: No, and we certainly explored that, but but we decided that it was a complete separate business. Yeah. And with the business still growing and other export markets um, presenting themselves, I just thought that I, I couldn't be a present mum and still manage the business and that growth. Right. Um, I think we were saying earlier that for me it was never about strategy at any cost, building the business and turnover. It was really about it fitting in with
0: my ethos and and the family and and, and definitely. what it was that you wanted to do. So so how did it grow? Sorry, and I also just asked you and I've interrupted you. Yes. About yes, yeah, tell me tell us some pivotal moments.
1: Sure, sure. So that that was a great one. Um so, and uh,
0: decided to go with the export. So I mean, you're all over the world now.
1: Uh, we're in a dozen countries. Right. Um but uh, this next thing actually <laughs> caused the opposite to happen. So right. I went through a very messy divorce which right. lasted three years Oy. and uh, part of that was separating the business assets or having the business valued. So yeah. it, it was it – was, I just cannot explain how that was. And just before that happened, uh, a competitor emerged in the market which basically copied our marketing material and although their product looked quite different when it launched – um, and I actually met this this person at an expo who said, Mine's nothing like yours, and you're doing a great job. And you know, I was
0: sort of supportive, but you didn't believe them.
1: No, no, I uh, I did. Yeah. Oh, of course I did. Um, oh, but good. then within a few short months, the pro- the product had changed, the packaging looked like mine, um, with the very distinctive square. Yeah. And the silver and and the font was the same, and the wording was the same. Oh my the bottles goodness. were the same material. So it looked on a shelf very, very similar. Um I, my understanding from the industry was that it was presented to pharmacies as like Aroma Baby but cheaper, um, because Whoa, yes, because yeah. not everybody could afford Aroma Baby, so this was an alternative for those oh parents. Oh my god! So and and then the other ones thought that it was my brand. Yes. So, the,
0: so it was, it was under my, undermining everything. Absolutely everything. So
1: fair. and then to be going through the divorce around that time as well, I really just thought. I remember putting my head on the keyboard and it actually makes me emotional to think about it. Um, and, and thinking to myself, I'm actually not cut out for business. I can't do this because I, I'm not that ruthless. No, who would
0: ever do that? I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. But, but that, people that,
1: do. And I think it, because it was a female run business. Deeply,
0: I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even occurred to me that someone would do that. Yes. Um, and
1: oh. it's, it's interesting. You know, that business went on to be very successful and, and I won't go into any yeah. more because you'll guess who it is okay. if I say any more. But no, 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 we won't. But, 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 but yes. Um, so how, so did, that,
0: how did you feel and what did you do about that, I guess? Yeah. Forgetting about Look, the brand, what did you do to?
1: Initially we did take legal action. Right. But then it was a... You, it's, it's very hard to protect
0: safe. your your. And isn't there a ten percent? If there's a ten percent difference, yeah, then. it's very hard to to
1: to protect intellectual property. So at the end of the day, I had to cut my losses and just keep moving forward. Right. Because we had export markets, we were able to grow in the export markets. But I really, honestly, was depleted on the inside, and and was more emotional than yes. than anything else.
0: Um, I mean, I know <laughs> with me, I had someone walk away in the middle of a build with having spent all the money that I had. Um, for a website and I just uh, my reaction and I've seen myself do this now a couple of times is I kind of freeze I literally don't know what to do and I have about a week of yes I don't even know what to do like you know I just want to pretend it didn't happen
1: I totally can can uh, agree with that and in fact when I was retrenched from the previous job I did that for a day or two and then then went yeah, that's Bingo. right. I, Got I feel
0: an like idea. I need to wallow in it for yes. a while and then go, okay, now.
1: Yes. Um, and with that as well, it, it probably did take a little while because it was such a, a you know, a dramatic thing that was going on.
0: So were, the, were you losing sales? Like were people Absolutely. literally saying, we are going to go with the cheaper version of yours? Or
1: they put it in alongside ours and would discontinue ours. Oh, um, okay. And it was basically, it. we had all our stockists listed on the website. Every stockist was targeted then it became the hospitals every hospital was targeted oh my gosh. so my product had all the research and had it was very specific and tech, technical and innovative for the yes. time whereas so they
0: have just gone copycat
1: for for a cheaper brand to come in without the know-how without the research um, but saying oh it's like that yeah it opened the doors for them because you know midwives and and health professionals assumed that it was the same or similar yeah. and it wasn't at all. Right. Um, so, so
0: what do you do when that happens?
1: So I really just focused on the children. Yeah. I, I pulled back from the business. I did my export, which what I love about export was they really value your story and the innovate. They don't get the wool pulled over their eyes. It wasn't all about margin. Right. Whereas here it's like if, if they can get 5% more margin and it, it looks good enough, that'll do. It's right. all about shelf space. But in, um, in Asia, for example, there's so much market and so much opportunity that they' they've got the um, the opportunity themselves to to try out more niche brands right. yes of course. so and the, the, because the market is so big
0: how big is it? I mean how many people are there in Korea? I have no idea
1: well I'm actually not even sure what their population but is we're at the moment millions but of yes millions yes yes and, and you know you look at china with a billion and then next door is hong kong yeah. so you know if you're in hong kong you, there's going to be a little bit of flow on people coming to hong kong from china and take it across the border so if you, if you look at the capacity to grow and the capacity for buyers to take a punt on more novel niche or indie brands as we call yeah. them these days then the, the, that's the sort of thing that can really help you and um, build the brand.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we
1: didn't really need And also to-
0: there's a great cachet of, you know, we, yes. we, we're, we're, we're international. Yes. Which hopefully the other brand wasn't able to do. Did they Did they start exporting? I mean, oh, I, I think, I think, they, think eventually, they copied
1: you. Yeah, they, they did eventually. But I think we had such a stronghold yeah, in some of the other countries that um, and And i d- developed some really beautiful connections with buyers and owners and distributors that um, we still have wonderful friends with with some very major buyers in mother care and uh, oh, wow. watson's pharmacy in asia and and other places because I've taken the time to go there and with our families of, of relationships yes. I've learned a bit of the language and it's for me it's genuine. It's not about building the business. It's about I really am interested in the culture. I really am interested in their family and connecting and understanding their businesses from their perspective, not just about what can they do for me.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I think that if you take that time to build those relationships, they stay solid. You know, yes. that, that's not when someone can come along and undermine you by saying we've got something cheaper. They go, but we know this product, we yes. know this person. And that's um, for anyone who's listening, big tip, Build those relationships and and, and that trust.
1: Yes. Because
0: then, you know, people can't undermine it. So, um, yeah, keep going.
1: And that a little tricky these presented. days, with, without having the face to face. So for international travel, if you've built those relationships in the preceding ten or twenty years, then they hold you in good stead yes. when you come up with, you know, such a, like a challenge COVID. like like COVID last yeah. year, not being able to travel. So, well, the, we,
0: we, so there's, a, well, let's talk about that. How did that affect you? I mean, if people all stop going out, mm. did that? Did they start buying all their skincare online? Do you sell online?
1: Uh, we hardly ever sold online because right. we we were a traditional business to business model, and also really again, like my values, I felt that why would I be pushing my own online platform when I've got these wonderful supportive
0: retailers and I want to yes, send people to yes. them. Yes.
1: So I'm very much of that mindset and I've found a way to change what our offering is. And we're looking at more of a gift uh, registry, a baby okay. gift service, which nice. doesn't uh, interact with you know, no, anything I'm doing elsewhere. Doing. And also, you know, That's online. A great idea. Yeah, and online with Maya, being able to offer them um, bundle buys and different mm-hmm. gift packs that we might offer to a pharmacy online. Um, so we've been able to slightly diversify the offering between consumers, what consumers are getting directly with us, mm-hmm. and what we're offering our, our business retailers. Right.
0: Mm. You are so clever. I just think I'm so
1: happy that you're sharing this
0: journey with
1: me. It's it's just an ongoing uh, pivot, if you you like. It's just always coming up with something. Sure, we did, you know, face masks and sanitizers during COVID, but – the You know, the way that we did it had to be in line with the ethos of the business. So yeah. there was people knocking on our door trying to offer us sanitizer and I looked at the formulation and it was like, it's no, rubbish. It is chemical. Yeah. And I think the people that were selling them didn't know or didn't care well, what the ingredients so, were. <laughs> so
0: what what is a disinfectant that's natural?
1: So what we did was yeah. we, we used a locally grown vegan Australian ethanol. Okay. So it's, it's grown here and the right. ethanol is derived from Australian crop. Yeah, okay. And so, it's predominantly that. So, it's the simplest formula. We have pure essential oils. Um, as an aromatherapist, I was able to, you know, specifically choose what I thought would be good for both um, disinfectant properties, antibacterial, and and of course, aroma, because it needs to smell enjoyable. It needs to be enjoyable yeah, to use. absolutely. Um, and we do have natural vitamin E in there and a little bit of natural
0: aloe. But to stop everyone's hands cracking and drying out from putting on that. I
1: think if you're going to use a, a sanitizer, chances are you'll get dry hands. The, yeah. the amount of those additives is very very small. Yeah. And um, but it does have. It does have some benefit, so my advice would be just to moisturise your hands yeah. frequently with a good natural based you know natural oil based moisturizer right. um, because sanitizers are, are definitely here to stay, but you want one that smells pleasant and does the job yes. uses Australian ingredients yeah, do, and, yes. and is and is not going to damage your skin or your um, immune system
0: yeah great right. so um in a few minutes i'm gonna ask a few other questions but i still I, i'm just so fascinated in this amazing business that you've built and i'm interested to know what is your what are your goals like where would you like to be in five or ten years have you got you know a big vision for it or is it, is it going to the next generation what what are your plans for it it's
1: not going to the next generation <laughs> <laughs> they are so not interested you're right um in fact they're Mom, just, no, It's a, so what? My crazy mom. Yeah, another interview, another country, another celebrity yeah. letter. Um, <laughs> and I must say that that was one of our highs. We actually gifted um, Megan and Harry when they were in Australia. No. We did, and uh, we have the photographs of the product being given to her and the product in her arms, et cetera. But that came about as. Did you um, get the,
0: the, cur- they, the amazing cursive writer writing thank you note from Megan?
1: No, we didn't, but we've we've got them from other, you know, Princess Mary and.
0: Have you? Yes, oh my god! Tell me more about this. I love the celebrity thing. So, what was the first celebrity that you approached that loved it? Uh,
1: Well, actually, a friend of ours gifted it to John Travolta. He was in. It was, it was, so it was a business. Is uh, this
0: right at the beginning, like when Ella no, Blue was yeah, born, this, or was it the, the son that was born?
1: It was, it was a eight second ago. Or whatever. Yes, it was. A, so it was around the time of Qantas's ninetieth birthday, and he was in uh, Sydney yeah, for the celebration. Yeah. So it was around ten years ago, and um, they needed a, a baby gift from Australia, which was a luxury sort of brand, yeah. and they chose ours, and it was hand given to him. He took it home on his jet to uh, his wife, yeah. and Kelly wrote me a beautiful note. But, but that's, oh, wow. that's not where it stops. Right. The interesting thing with that particular one was that I actually went to an event in LA and they were at the event. Right. And I, I introduced myself and I said to Kelly, oh, you wrote me that beautiful note. Thank you so much. And she, she, reached over to John and she said, John, this is the lady with the baby products from Australia. So, <laughs> so we had a lovely chat and she told me she was still breastfeeding and they were leaving the event early um, and we had a gorgeous photo together. So it was like it came full circle yeah. and it was yeah. just a really lovely thing to happen. Um, Princess Mary sent a beautiful letter saying she loved the products. Um oh, j What about
0: J-Lo? When j- no, J-Lo's? look, so,
1: some of them you just can't get to despite, no, you know. No, often not. ours are personal connections, personal, right. personal. Someone saying
0: we've, we're going to see Sunset. Sunset's coming.
1: I remember when reason. Michael Jackson was in Melbourne, th- th- this is years ago. This mm-hmm. is probably 15. been
0: dead for a long time
1: Yeah, 15, time 16, 17 years yeah. ago. Um, I talked my way into um, the, the grand hire it is now yeah. through, through security and up to the penthouse and his head of security took the product from me and passed it on. Right. So I don't ask me how I did that and I would definitely not do it do you, now. I mean, do
0: you know that it got to him? Did he use it? Or, I
1: didn't get to him. It got given to a woman who was traveling with them, the right. support band. And I know that because at, at a baby expo, some years later, she came and approached me and she said, I just want you to know I ended up with that product. I did the tour with them. I've told a thousand people so it didn't go to waste. Yeah. Um no. but just you know, it's so many wonderful stories we've heard. Yeah. Um I've had calls from TV personalities, radio announcers, um, letters, emails, Oh, that's um, Jamie Oliver, um, Curtis Stone. I've dropped product into his restaurant in LA when I'm there. Um, Amazing. But the boys are a bit bigger now. But, you know, back in yeah. the day, and I think, look, when, you're a, when you're, you do good stuff and you really work, you know, with good intention and have really good values and, and it's not that strategic, doors open up. And people have said to me, oh, so-and-so is pregnant. I'm going to buy your gift for them. Or would you like to gift so-and-so? Or or I've got connections. I've called a radio station to answer a question and I've said, oh, it's Catherine from Aroma Baby. And I remember Chrissy Swan, for example, saying, oh, my God, we have Aroma (laughs) Baby. Yeah. So – I think after this many years, with so many people yes. that didn't have any choice of natural skincare, they all used or bought or were gifted Aroma Baby. So there's so many memories. We've well, got that second
0: generation now. We almost. do we're young girls who grew up seeing the, those coloured bottles in, in the their, nursery and yes. in their, when they were little. That's right. Now are looking at that comfort of, of being able to buy, you know, buy for yeah. their own children. We, we
1: definitely have mums approaching us and saying, "I'm buying it for my granddaughter," or you know, my daughter's. Yeah. Having a baby, and so that is really, really lovely. Yeah, amazing. And we've looked at the end of the day. Right in the beginning, we started getting good results with eczema, right. and we became a sponsor Noted of the Eczema Association. Right. And I just thought, wow, our product just by leaving out those chemicals and putting in some good, um, you know, active ingredients, we've been able to change the lives of people who couldn't use anything except cortisone creams and steroids. So, just think, you yeah, just life changing, absolutely. Life-changing.
0: And it's funny that you should say that because a friend of mine had a laundry brand called yuca. I don't know if you know it, but that also... We did, we were able to claim that it would stop the irritation that a lot of people, kids yeah. get from all the filler that's in
1: yes. um,
0: laundry products. And so I became very familiar with that. And we, we, I did some PR for them around the fact that, you know, this is a washing powder that you're, if you've got sensitive kids with sensitive skin, mm. and it just went off, mm. absolutely went off. So it obviously is a huge problem. Mm.
1: I think the thing today is that there's so many natural brands, there's so much confusion, there's so much greenwashing that. If a brand uses some degree of natural ingredients and makes claims, claims, parents automatically think it's safe. But in fact, sometimes it's the botanical or the choice of the essential oil that is the most irritating thing in a product. So you really do need expertise and qualifications in that area. And I went back to school to study. um, When? um, Through my second pregnancy. So I I got a diploma in aromatherapy and then I became an infant massage teacher Mm -hmm. over the course of three years. So that, right. you know, that that sort of helped me just to understand the, the chemistry behind what I already knew in the research. Amazing. Mm. What a
0: woman you are. All right. So my next question is really because this is called She's the Boss and it's about women in business. Yep. Have there been any women that have helped you along the way that you think that made it made a difference that you'd like to do a shout-out for?
1: Um,
0: or has it been a bit cutthroat? I mean, I'm really interested <laughs> because I know that some industries there are incredibly supportive. People yeah and others, they got nothing. or they had women undercutting them, like you had. With- yeah,
1: look, i've've got to say unfortunately that that it was that the latter for me. Right. Um I worked pretty much alone, and I think as as an innovative person in the industry, you're the one that's setting the benchmark and and doing the groundwork. And the people that supported supported me were all the wonderful midwives and the female buyers right. that gave it a go, yeah, um that gave me a go and um that supported me you know, not only overseas, but in Australia, Um, women I met at events, you know, in the last few years where I've become, um, you know, sort of a little bit more time uh, for myself and with the business now that the boys are, you know, 20 and 26. (laughs) So now I've met a lot of, you know, wonderful women that, that, you know, just give you great feedback and, you know, they're supportive. And so now it's good.
0: But in the early days, you didn't have someone, some fabulous woman with a skincare brand that went, oh, no, you're
1: amazing what no. you're trying to do. Let me help you. I mean, I admire people like Janine Ellis. Yes. Um, you know, and, Emma and, and Isaacs. Shop
0: would have been. What was that woman's name? People
1: said to me that you're like her. Right. You know, so in, in that sort of I mean, innovative space. Anita. Anita Roddick. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a, a wonderful woman who, yeah. you know, had changed, changed everything. Yeah, really. and with her heart in the business yeah. and, and in the right place. Kate Morris, Adore Beauty. I mean, I look at... You know, businesses like that where yes, they had the support of their amazing partners, which, which is wonderful, but, but still generous and. Successful women who went on to have children, um, and then exited or, or did IPOs and went public, and just you know, wonderful, wonderful yeah. success stories. Yeah,
0: and then I guess that's part of the reason why I do this is to have those yeah. role models. We need to show the make it visible that it's possible. Mm. All right, um, talk to me about, and I bet there's a difference now. So my next question is: I, I'm always interested when you're passionate about something and it's your baby in terms of your business. Mm. It's hard to switch off sometimes. Yeah. And if you have got a family, especially, you know, when you've got young kids, how did you juggle that? Were, were the kids kind of brought, well, you've said to an extent that they were brought with you with travel, but have you got clear lines where you go, okay, weekends are for the kids and after six is for the kids, or has it always been just blurred and mixed together because it's such a passion?
1: Yeah, look, there, there are some, there, there is some blurred, you know, lines with that. It goes yeah. with the territory, dealing with Asia, there's a three hour time difference often. So, right. you know, there is that, that expectation. But as an avid cook and foodie and, you know, very We've passionate got to make time for dinner. Absolutely. So that is the thing that's kept the family um communicating around yeah. the dinner table. Yeah. And and girlfriends as they've come into the picture as well. So rather than go out let's sit down and have a table, for, you know,
0: for four or five yeah, or six lovely. or whatever it is. Yeah.
1: Um I think
0: you I mean, know. Did you risk burning out? Do you think at any stage? Definitely, you, you did. Yes, right. and look, with um, you're lucky. Then I keep hearing all these women, and it's just they've pushed it that bit too far, and their yes. whole body's broken down. They've all got chronic fatigue and spent a year in bed, or yes, you know, really quite confronting kind of things.
1: I, I, look, I don't know the situation, but I can all I can say is that with a really a real, um, authentic um, health and well being background, yeah. If, if you can't take notice of when your body's telling you to stop, then there's an issue there. Yeah. I mean, if you really are a health and wellbeing advocate, so you need to live that. Yes. And it doesn't mean you won't fall in a heap. And I certainly did. Um, that period of time with, with the competitor and then going through the divorce, um, I actually scaled my business back. Right. I could see that I wasn't able to work well and be a good mother. And well in, and emotionally managed. So my business went from, you know, multi million dollars back to a, a you know, six six figure yeah. sum. Um and I was a bit embarrassed. Um, I felt like a failure. Um for it's funny, isn't it? Because yeah. I'm sure
0: nobody else thought you were a failure at the time. But yeah. you just in your head plays tricks with you.
1: Yeah. And and then you go back to the oh, but I left school at fifteen, I don't have a degree, and then and I look my, what I've done. Yeah. Um no, it was more like i I don't have I'm those hopeless. things, yeah, and I'm not successful, and i'm I don't have what it takes. Maybe I should have got a degree. Maybe I need different you know strengths maybe um but but now, having come through all of that, um I can see that it really is it's it's really about your life skills and your value set. Um, my business can be a multimillion dollar business by me just saying yes to a contract, yeah. But I'm very careful um, who I choose to work with and and the ways I try to work. Um,
0: have you ever said yes? Sorry, yeah. have you ever said yes to a sale because of the money and then looked at it afterwards and gone, what a disaster I shouldn't have done? it? Is that one of the learnings that you've had that you now go, no, nah, I'm not saying yes to everything.
1: Um, I would say that not exactly in that way. Um, for example, with export, we charge a licence fee. So it's almost like we have this air of this is our standard. Right. We don't, you know, but c- certainly, you know, with things like COVID, you need to put food on the table. Yeah, I've got I mean, staff, so I've scary. got a warehouse, uh, we've got commitments with, with things and two boys still at home. So, you know, you need to be... Sensible and practical about yeah. the the opportunities that are presenting themselves. Um, sometimes I'm happy just to be approached by a wonderful opportunity, and we got approached by a very well known company from China a number of years ago. Right, and um, I had breakfast with this billionaire and his entourage. <laughs> breakfast with <laughs> a billionaire, yes, yeah. fabulous. And it, I, I think <laughs> I was sitting at the breakfast thinking, I left school at 15. And I'm having, a, and he's offering to buy my business over breakfast. <laughs> And he's like the 10th richest man in China. So it was more of I love, the, I love the picture of this.
0: Yeah.
1: But didn't really have an intention of doing that. We weren't big enough at the time and I wasn't happy to hand over documents and it wasn't the right business partner, yeah. you know, at the end of the day. But the fact that that experience was a story and part of the journey that I could share not just with my children but with other women in business yeah. um. And I think it's a really fun thing to be able to share some of these wonderful stories. That's, well, so do I. Yeah. I, mean, I
0: just, and I think it's really empowering and it's motivating and inspiring and mm. a lot of that. But um, I love hearing about, you know, just the, just the the things that come out of left field yeah. and, and, you know, transform a business, but also to have that integrity to say, which, which I don't know whether I would have. I just don't know if anyone ever approached me about mm. my business, but to be able to say, look, as much as I'd love the money, this is just not a good fit or I don't want to work with you or I don't want your mucky balls all over my business.
1: Yes. I think there's not a lot of that that happens because the nature of our brand and our uh, people You're know. They, they know me.
0: Yeah.
1: And they know our business. Yeah. So I think we, we do attract the right kind of partners. Yeah. Um, and retailers. And I'd, I'd love to get some more support from Australian retailers. I think, you know, if we didn't have if we didn't have export, we wouldn't have survived. And it, it's a real shame that such a heritage brand in Australia hasn't been picked up. So you're
0: not everywhere in Australia. We're now, not
1: we? everywhere. I mean, right. part of the reason was because of yeah. what I said. There's too much similarity in the brands. That but we're is in. that still
0: happening now? Couldn't you?
1: I don't know. It's the market has opened up a little bit and that brand had some issues with C and some other things that went on so right. I think it just muddied the waters a bit and opened up the category for for other players but now there are so many competitors and we're so busy with export yeah. um but it would be wonderful because I think, you know, if we were almost forced to, to focus on export because there just wasn't um, the market here to sustain our brand and our business long term. Which, which I
0: guess is probably true if anyone wants a really big business, Australia, the Australian population just isn't big enough. Yes. Um, to support it but on the other hand what a people what an absolute people well, hopefully from doing this interview and i'll mm. i'll really push it out and let everyone know about yeah. it because you've been around forever and you do have such integrity yeah it's it's um it's a pity that it you know it's such a big name overseas but i mean you do hear that about brands that become big overseas and yeah just hasn't really kind of taken off i the
1: think Look, way, the good yeah. thing is we do have a good footprint here including with Meyer and and some pharmacies yeah. um but There's some brands that are overseas that don't have any presence here at all. So for me, that doesn't work because we are an Australian brand and we need some footprint here. I think if we can't succeed here,
0: it's, it's, no, well, that's right. That's right. But mm. um, but I love that you've you know that you've had that strategy as well. Mm. Okay, now we're just into the silly questions mm-hmm. at the end of the um, okay. podcast. First one is, and a journalist gave me this suggestion, sort of so I'm basically like not taking any responsibility for it. But is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? <laughs> um, it's a good question, isn't it?
1: Well. <laughs> I don't know if this is a great thing, but it's an interesting thing yeah. that not a lot of people know outside my immediate family. Um, I, I saw yesterday on social media that the the Real Housewives of Melbourne's just relaunching season five. Right. Well I was approached for season one.
0: Ooh, are you? Yeah,
1: so that was I didn't know what it was. I you know, it's totally not me but um, I was thinking. I'm glad you didn't because you're yeah. right.
0: Those women were, I wouldn't think. So I,
1: I knew, met with the producers, but, but I thought um, I did say to them, if you have a, a, an amazing show about women giving back to the community or charity or female entrepreneurs, let me know. Yeah, I'm the one, I'm the one. <laughs> yeah. World.
0: Amazing. Okay, and the last question is about phone apps, and obviously that has no relation to anything else other than I love my phone myself. Mm. Have you got some business apps that you use on your phone that you love that you can tell us about?
1: Yeah, sure. Look, I've I've used Skype to do an uh, an ABC TV oh, really? for live for TV. Right. Um, I have used Zoom a million times yes. last year. But what i have to say, doing a lot of business in Asia, I love WeChat. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Um, so, if people Can are you in, speak Chinese, I mean, how does um, an English
0: person get on WeChat? I know there are people that do, but now as you're here, I'll ask
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. It means my Chinese is not good. Yeah. Okay. Sounds um, really good. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I did teach myself some Chinese right. and there's some similarities in Hong Kong Cantonese, you know, but well, we chat
0: translate. Yeah.
1: It does translate. Uh, so you can press
0: a button and say, Right, this yes. is what I'm saying in English. And so
1: there's there's a like a feed which is called your moments, almost like an Instagram feed. Right. So mine looks like a magazine.
0: Okay. So um I And how many followers have you got?
1: Uh, it's con- your contacts, so you you don't take it's followers different. unless you know them because right. there's security issues. Okay. So, but I probably have um, 500
0: really actual amazing.
1: quality contacts yep. that I have got from being in Taiwan. Um, a lot of Koreans, Singapore, Malaysia they use it as well. Hong Kong and is it something China. You think
0: Australian business owners should get onto?
1: I think with the um, the China opportunity and and China and you know. This, well, this whoever
0: knows how that's going to go. But
1: I, I just think, you know, I've been in China, in, yes. working in China for 12 years and um, whatever happens at the political level doesn't affect the grassroots oh, really? oh, that's business. And I think if you've built those good relationships, China isn't just about China. Yeah. I mean, China is about Hong Kong, Taiwan and, and other regions. So I think there's a lot of people that don't live in China that use WhatsApp. Uh, sorry, right. sorry. Um, WhatsApp and, yes, and WhatsApp WeChat.
0: Is all, I know in India it is. But, but
1: WeChat is, um, I think it's a great tool for me having, you know, strong business yeah. relationships across Asia.
0: Wow, yeah. amazing. And then what about fun? Do you play on your phone at all? Like, I mean, for instance, I have to put up my hand and say I'm obsessed with Candy Crush and words with friends. Uh, look, Most of the women that I speak to don't play on their phones. No,
1: so. I'm one of those mums <laughs> that say to You're my to my adult boys, no phones at the dinner table yeah. and, you yes. know, all of that sort of thing, and, and I live by that. So. Um, no, not like even if you're sitting on a
0: plane or bored in a waiting room. Not
1: playing. I yeah, would be working, as in curating some nice content maybe for social that's media. My um,
0: sure okay, um, last question is how can people get hold of Aroma Baby or you if they love the sound of this and want to, uh, you know, take it further?
1: Sure. So on a business level, I'm quite active on LinkedIn. Okay,
0: great.
1: Um, I am a business influencer with the right fit, so yeah. I, I do work through there curating content or presenting, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got Lady Catherine's Life, which is my Have you? In- Instagram handle. Right. And you'll see that there is beauty, travel, presenting, um, and there's a massive food one. So nice. um, I'll tell you another little fun fact. I applied yeah. for MasterChef this year during COVID, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I got an audition. So oh, wow. yeah. So I mean, does that
0: mean you might get in? No, it No, it means
1: audition. that it's it's it's, it's finished. It's, it's finished, and it's they're starting and um, next you, week.
0: And did you like it? Like, would you be up for doing? It? Are you going
1: to try again? I couldn't. I couldn't, that I couldn't believe that fucking... I got an audition. Yeah. And I felt so proud and excited. I, I live for food. Yeah. Um, I want to write sure. a food food and travel book and, and bring it back to the ingredients and the produce, um, my upbringing and, you know, growing things. So, so I've, like
0: an Italian cookbook?
1: That type of thing, all yeah. connected with, you know, food and skincare and having skincare recipes yeah. in there as well. Okay. So I'm very, very passionate. I have a massive love of food and I would be working in food if I wasn't in skincare. Right. But I think the two are very connected. So back to the question:
0: Would you try for MasterChef again? Did Did you get to that first bit where in the, I've only seen the beginning of the shows where they have sort of you know a hundred people and everyone
1: no away. no. And when I when I look at the auditions, I think these people live every and live and breathe. Oh yeah, like you you'd have to just
0: give your life away, you, for and
1: you would and and months,
0: but- To live for food. I mean, I'm with you, I would think it would be great fun. And you watch their skills. Yes, it's and it just goes stratospheric over the over the period.
1: I think because I had some involvement in this particular audition, this series, I get emotional every time I see the ad. (laughs) And I think that's that's an that's an example of how passionate I am. Um but I have a skincare business at the moment and I guess I'll be exiting that in the next little while.
0: And maybe then and and then I'll focus on food. And live
1: with my passion. Or
0: start your own show. If you're going to do a book around, and I'm going to start a TV network, so maybe you can have a show on there. Yeah. Yeah. um, Because it's going to be all about women and business, but um, maybe you can have a show that brings skincare and food together.
1: Yeah, sounds great. Wouldn't it be amazing if you were cooking
0: up recipes of, okay, here's how you make pasta and here's how you make your night cream to put on before you go to bed or whatever. Amazing. Well, Catherine, I don't even know what to say other than thank you so, so much. I have loved hearing your story. I can't wait to share this.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure.
0: Yeah, it's been brilliant. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.